Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number two. Pete Callender here. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. The phone numbers, if you want to weigh in on any of the, uh, the discussion, it's 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can hit me up on the Twitter machine as well, at Pete Callender. Uh, so the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas went on the talk show circuit over the weekend to defend the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board promising it's totally not going to monitor American citizens and that the DGB, or the Ministry of Truth, as I like to call it, will lack, quote, operational authority, that the board's executive director, a woman by the name of Nina Jankowitz, that she's totally politically neutral. And then he also dodged a question on whether he would be comfortable with a Trump administration running a similar board. Jim Garrity at National Review, he pulls the transcripts. We listened to some of the audio earlier uh, where he said, no, 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 look, this is not Orwellian. This is not uh, this is not like some sort of um, monitoring system of American citizens. In fact, the reason why you would believe that is that you're in, you're just ignorant. You just haven't been educated. See, so now I'm telling you that we're not going to do this. And so now you're educated. See how easy that is? He went on to say in this interview, disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. How will it act? What will it do? And he says the board, this working group, the Ministry of Truth, this is an internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority. The operators are obviously the big tech companies. They will then act to take down content, as we have seen them do, at the behest of Democrats and the media. But I repeat myself. As for his assurance that DHS does not and will not monitor Americans, how exactly will DHS know that disinformation is reaching and harming Americans, right? I mean, if it's a threat to the homeland, theoretically... We're going to see some people harmed by the disinformation, right? So how are you not going to monitor people's information and disinformation consumption? How, how do you ignore that in order to ascertain whether they've been harmed by the disinformation? Of course you have to monitor this stuff. That's the point. Unless, of course, you're talking about preemptively masking stuff like, I don't know, Hunter Biden's laptop story, right? Stuff like that just preemptively shutting it down at the behest of Democrats and media. But I repeat myself. Mayorka's assurance about domestic surveillance is about as reliable as uh, James Clapper's assurance, the former national intelligence director, his assurance under oath that intelligence officials never collect data on Americans. And then, of course, the Edward, uh, Edward Snowden leaks revealed that Clapper was lying while under oath. And then he had to write a I'm sorry letter to Congress saying my response was clearly erroneous. I am as shocked as you are that a member of the security state apparatus would lie to Congress. I know, but I'm sure they're totally telling the truth about spying on Americans, about monitoring Americans. I say all of this 
and I, I we have to keep open the possibility that this is stray voltage. Stray voltage is the tactic Obama's administration talked about using in order to direct energy to a made-up controversy in order to get rid of some of the political electricity that's always present in the atmosphere. It's just always around. It's always going to be just sparking in different places, and you never know where it's going to spark. So the idea was, let's direct it over to an area here where we can be prepared for it, and we come out looking good. I'm not so sure that's what's happening, but I am I, I am leaving that open as a possibility. Dana Bash said, Republicans are criticizing your, there it is again, Republicans are criticizing your decision. No, I would submit free speech advocates and patriots should be should be criticizing this decision to create this board. Also, to hire this woman, Nina Jankowitz. They say, Bash says to the to Secretary Mayorkas, um, they say she's not someone who is neutral. See, once again, framing it as Republicans say she's not neutral. In, in other words, she's a hack. She is biased. And the answer to that question of whether she is or not is obviously yes. Obviously yes. You can just go to her social media accounts and see for yourself. I do not recommend it. But if you want to, you can. Yeah, she apparently is like some failed theater major. Oh, it's awful. I've got I got a couple clips. She's also, because of course she is, a huge Harry Potter fan because she is of that generation that only read one book. And that's the Harry Potter book. Well, I take it back. They read the series and then watched the movies. And then they would go out and do like LARPing on the weekend. They would dress up and have the wands and stuff. Former NSA analyst John Schindler, I mentioned him earlier. He wrote a piece at Washington Examiner. And uh, he pointed out that if the new board was not going to monitor Americans and was only focused on foreign disinformation, then it would not be located in DHS. Quote, placing this new board inside the DHS is the tell. This new shop clearly has a domestic mission since the Global Engagement Center at the Department of State is already handling foreign disinformation, while Homeland, in the middle of the DHS title, rather gives away the game. Right? The Biden administration is injecting the DHS a powerful law enforcement arm nakedly into domestic politics. Now, John Schindler, by the way, is no lover of Republicans, okay? I've read his work. There, I, I, I'm kind of ambivalent. I'm, I'm wary of some of the stuff he does. But if he's saying this stuff, again, not a Republican. He says the politics are rabidly partisan here. For proof of this, we need not look any further than the head of the new board, Nina Jankowitz, a product of the NGO, non-government organizations, NGO, Democrat Complex. Jankowitz's prolific Twitter feed offers a panoply of stridently woke takes on everything from proper pronouns to gender issues. More importantly, Jankowitz is herself a purveyor of disinformation. She pushed the now infamous Steele dossier, right? She repeatedly presented Hunter Biden's controversial laptop as a Kremlin disinfo scheme rather than a legitimate story. That's who's going to be in charge of the Ministry of Truth.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A couple of emails here to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. This from Joseph, who says, Although the DHS misinformation department is very Orwellian, society as a whole resembles Brave New World. See, Bernie, what did I just tell you? I told you to read that book. Bernie's already... Go- Bernie, our resident millennial, uh, they did not make you read. You told me during the break... The- well, first off, did you go to a government K-12 school? I did. I went to Providence High School. Okay. And they never made you read 1984? I don't believe so. No, I've never read it before. Animal Unless Farm? I completely skipped that book, which is entirely possible, Pete. Okay, so that, right. So maybe you <laughs> did get assigned, maybe you were assigned. Potentially, but I really don't remember hearing about 1984, except from, you know, friends who are into that kind of stuff. I've got a friend named Zach who's a big writer, mm-hmm. and he loves uh, George Orwell and... Mm-hmm. and um, Aldous Huxley? Yeah, Yeah. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Yeah, and and he's the author of Brave New World. And so those are the three, you know, those three, Animal Farm, uh, 1984, and Brave New World. Uh, Anyway, so you went, you've, did you just buy all three of them? I did. You ordered all three of them. (laughs) I did. So see that? Look at that. See, we're about solutions here. We are educating the young generation one person at a time. Although he is a captive audience here, we're paying him to be here. But, I mean, he has devoted probably, like, that's half a week's wage that you probably just paid for those books. Easily. Yeah. But so, Amazon's a great deal. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. Um, right, so uh, so Brave New World, uh, our society as a whole resembles Brave New World much more than 1984, with society awash in scientific aberrations and its public addicted to base desires mass media, and drugs, uh, not even cognizant of what's going on. To be honest, with the way neo-Marxism is weaponizing race, it's looking very much like the Turner Diaries, too, but I know we can't talk about that book. Um, actually, hang on a second. There is a... I had this pulled up as well. About the Ministry of Truth. Um, to do The Ministry of Truth concerned itself with news, entertainment, education, and the fine arts. So, speaking of neo-Marxism, in the literal sense here, like Antonio Gramsci, the neo-Marxist philosophy, he was the one who talked about the long march through the institutions, and the institutions would be news, entertainment, education, fine arts. All, all of those institutions, you, you go through there and you change the culture, because that's what the proles have access to. And in societies such as ours, where the proles are able to, and the proles is the term that the Marxists used to use, the proletariat, the proles, uh, the working class, right? They wanted this class warfare. Karl Marx was like, class warfare, proletariat, rise up against the bougies, and, uh, you know, we'll take all their stuff, and then we'll be rich, you know? Uh, Equality for everybody. And that argument doesn't work so well in a society like ours where you have a lot of economic mobility that's available to people. And they know this. And particularly, they see it in their own lives. They see other people in their own lives. And if you're uh, an immigrant, you know this is true, that you can work hard, make a bunch of money, and be set. You can do this. Anybody can do this. I firmly believe this. Everybody, This is the promise of America. This is the promise of the free market. Is it perfect? No. No man-made structure is. But it is the best of the bad systems that has ever existed. It has done more to lift people out of poverty globally than any other system ever devised and ever operated. 
That is a system worth defending. So when, when I come across as very anti-commie, there's a reason for it. I really don't like communists. I really don't. And I say that as a poli-sci guy. And I was a, I was a mass comm major in college. My minor was political science and philosophy. So I, I'm, I'm pretty up to speed on what these concepts are. Not a lot has changed, except, of course, the collapse of the Soviet Union. But, like, not a lot has changed. Actually, that happened before I got to college. But the, these philosophies are laid out in great detail by the people that conjured them up. And we have a long track record to look at. Did they work or did they not? Anyway, so the proletariat would rise up against the, the upper class and the ruling class. They would rise up, take all that wealth from them, and it would get redistributed. And something or other else happens there. And then utopia. Like, that's the, those are the stages. And the proles, the equivalent, the blue-collar workers in America, they, they were not interested in doing this. So Antonio Gramsci, while in prison, comes up with the prison papers, and he's like, hey— this is the way to do it. Marx was right about the struggle and about socialism and all of this, but uh, we, we can't get there through an economic argument. We got to go through a cultural argument. There were chains of workers in 1984 in the book by Orwell that dealt with entertainment for the proles. So, and I get this is in response to Joseph's email. I understand the brave new world analogy is, is, is probably closer to what we are now. yes, but there is an element of this in 1984 as well, that the workers at the Ministry of Truth, they were uh, working on uh, entertainment, and they created entertainment that most readers would recognize. It included films oozing with sex, ugh, sentimental songs composed entirely by mechanical means, and sensational five-cent novelettes. There was also a department in the ministry called Porno Sec. That created the lowest kind of pornography, which was sent out in sealed packets, which no party member, other than those who worked on it, were permitted to look at. See, so there was, there's even this element in 1984. Did Huxley and Orwell coordinate these messages? No, but they recognize, they recognize these similar human frailties that are exploitable. That's the purpose of literature. And when you find out that government schools aren't teaching these things any longer, you might want to ask why. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, 704-570-1110 and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me get Spencer on. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm well. What's up? Hey, not too much. Hey, I was just listening in uh, while I was cruising around uh, to your conversation about the uh, dystopian future novels. You know, yeah. always, you know the 1984s and Brave New Worlds. Uh, I think, to me... Uh, personally, I think 1984, or I'm, not, I'm sorry, uh, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury yeah. is the most parallel that we have to our current society, our current situation and potential situation. Uh, I, I've read it recently, so I could be a little biased in there. And I have a quote from the book. Yeah, go for it. Me to read it. Um, he's talking, okay, so this is the main character, the fireman, who you guys know went out and burned the books instead of putting out fires that they found that were against, against the rules. 
so he's asking his boss, the chief, the fire chief, um, how everything came to be and, you know, how the government got the power to, to, to censor. Basically. Right. And the chief tells him that it wasn't the government. It's, uh, he goes on, when he's talking about minorities here, he's talking about special interests. He says, now let's take up the minorities in our civilization, shall we? Bigger the population, the more minorities. Don't step on the toes of the dog lovers, the cat lovers, doctors, lawyers, merchants, chiefs, uh, chiefs, Mormons, Baptists, Unitarians, second generation Chinese, Swedes, Italians, Germans. You get the gist. Yeah. Uh, special interests. Identity. Well, the so, uh, the all of the subgroups that identity politics via intersectionality theory allows themselves to you know, allows them to put themselves into these categories. Correct. And he wouldn't have the foresight to, to see that or to know which groups would be protected and which, which aren't. Right. You know, but we, and, uh, you know, I think we all know, you know, who are and who aren't. Well, everybody um, is. I mean, at some point, I do hold out some bit of hope that at some point the left realizes that the smallest minority is the individual. Right. At some yeah. point, no, they, they may. Yeah, yeah. At some point, that, they might sure. get to that realization that, oh, my gosh, look at that. Everybody is their own individual minority, so why don't we protect the individual rights, and then everybody will be protected. I'm hoping that maybe someday they get there, but I think there might be a lot more death before they do. Anyway, so go yeah, ahead. So I'll, finish it up. Yeah, I'll finish it up really quick. I didn't realize that it actually talks about the, uh, it goes into uh, how basically when they were filtering down what was allowed, like they banned the books first, and then they banned um, magazines, and the only thing that was left, one of the things that was left was the three-dimensional sex magazines, mm-hmm. of course. And uh, he says, there you have it, Montag. It didn't come from the government down. There was no dictum, no declaration, no censorship to start with. No. Technology, mass exploitation, and minority pressure carried the trick. Thank God. Today, thanks to them, you can stay happy all the time. You're allowed to read comics, the good old confessions. But I'm sure you can interpret that. Or the trade journals. Right. And that's, yeah, that's how he explains how the the censorship came about, which I think in, you know, in our world, it's pretty... I think that's a lot more parallel than yeah. the heavy hand of the government. You know, somebody just taking assuming power. And, right. Well, this know. is the thing. So, like, I can, uh, I think, I, I think Fahrenheit 451 does have parallel. Absolutely. I think that we can. We don't have to choose one or the other, right? No, we we could take all yeah, of correct. the above. Yeah. Well, let's just. We could take all of the above because all of these guys that were writing these things, this is you know decades ago. In some case, I mean, what Orwell was born at, in like 1902 or something. So, like, the, the, all of this stuff was written a very, very long time ago. So they're making predictions, and you just, you know, read some of the stuff. They can't, they could not possibly have understood where the technology would go. But yes. the but the themes are timeless. So it doesn't matter, like you said, you know, the uh, certain types of magazines, or, or or is it technology? That that stuff, it, that that's just window dressing, right? That's just on the yeah. on the surface. And the theme is what's important. And they all sensed uh, the same threats with this type of uh, with these types of uh, philosophies that were rising up uh, around them that they saw. They all recognized yeah. the danger. No, I agree. I think that what you just said is perfect. They couldn't predict the exact way the technology would be used or, like, you know, how it would be directed or targeted, but they could predict the the side effects of it, I guess, Yeah, you know, on society. Right, because, uh, and yeah. why is that? It's because they know people, right? The great yeah, authors, exactly. right, the That's great... That's I always say when people always try to talk about Karl Marx and all these, you know, the, the theory, you, know, you don't know political theory. I'm like, they don't know, they don't understand human nature. Exactly. Like, right, and the authors do. They're so in tuned with with the nature of man and yeah. and women, sorry, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to segregate, yeah. but like, yeah, but, but but human nature, as you said, 
that is the constant. And because they understand human nature and the human condition, when you apply these philosophies, you can tease out where this stuff goes because it always goes the same way. It's always the same way. And so they were making predictions and their, their themes have been true by and large. So, yeah. I mean, there were some other interesting things about Fahrenheit 451 that made me say it's like more parallel, just little things in the novel, like the, um, the way that they interact with each other, they have these like giant televisions in their you know <laughs> apartments that take up like three or four different walls, right? Like cell they, phones, they basically. So they they basically he basically predicted like reality television and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, well, it's, so it's, did it's I mean wild. yeah? And in nineteen eighty four, they yeah. had Big Brother on the screens where they would watch yeah. you do your uh, jumping jacks every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they, like yeah. these guys all saw similar things, uh, and because they knew the nature of humans, they could predict the abuses that were in store. Um, so yeah, hey, Spencer, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for making it. Hey, okay, one really quick. Are yeah. you PlayStation, PC, or Xbox? Xbox, totally. I've been an All Xbox. Right, All right, I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I've been an Xbox guy from the beginning. I was born an Xboxer. I'll die an Xbox. It's pretty amazing. The Xbox, the rise of Xbox. I started watching one of the documentaries. On Xbox, I, I got like three minutes in. I was like, "All right, I got to pause this because I actually I was I put it on in the background, and it was too interesting, so I, I had to stop it." I'm like, "I don't, I can't," because sometimes I can listen to things in the background while work. I could not do that with this because I was, I wanted to see it. Um, but yeah, Xbox guy through and through. Uh, let's see here. I got uh, this is from Dennis Pete. The whole concept makes about as much sense as putting a screen door on a submarine. Talking about this Ministry of Truth, he says. For some reason, I can imagine hearing the line from the prison boss in the movie Cool Hand Luke over and over again. What we have here is failure to communicate. Yeah, that's always, that is always the way, is it not? It's always the narrative. Oh, you just don't understand. I, I just, I guess I haven't been communicating this effectively. We're like, no, no, no. I totally understand what you're talking about. You're terrifying. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a uh, message here on the Twitter machine from Bakes, who says, add this to your reading list. Animal Farm, Brave New World, 1984. Of all, this is my favorite, highly recommended, and it is for a book called This Perfect Day. Okay. Uh, so thank you for that, Bakes. And uh, Tim says, Pete, you're knocking it out of the park today. The left... Wait, what? Don't I every day? Don't answer that. The lefties must be losing the argument when they float the idea of a ministry of truth. Otherwise, it would not be needed. I lost a few friends when I started criticizing the Bush administration after 9-11. Now, subsequent administrations have only amplified those policies. I recommend the books 1984, Brave New World, and Atlas Shrugged to my friends as a warning of things to come. And don't watch the movies of Atlas Shrugged. I did... Christy has not read Atlas Shrugged. And so, oh, hey, look, the movies are on. And so we DVR'd them. First one was pretty good. And then the next two were not so much. And I understand the limitation. I, I don't. They should have, they tried to set it up in a world of now. And I don't, I don't think it worked very well. But, and it's hard. I mean, yes, 
it's very hard to turn Alice Shrugged into a movie because there's a lot of stuff. There's a, I mean, it's a, like a thousand page book. Okay. Um, Jay says, Pete, every time you say Ministry of Truth, I hear Depeche Mode, Policy of Truth. That's well, here, let me do this for you. Because I am a giver, uh, let me go ahead and get that earworm out of your head with uh, this. Nina Jankowitz, the Minister of Truth, who's totally neutral. She was in a band. The band was called the Moaning Myrtles. Moaning Myrtles. That reference is a character in Harry Potter. Of course it does, because read another book, people. God. And uh, she has peddled her own uh, disinformation. And by peddled, I mean not just peddled. I mean made terrible parody songs like this one. Thundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So this information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> Now, to be fair, there's no band playing with her there. She's just staring with those crazy eyes into the camera mounted on her television or uh, uh, computer, I think. Sitting at her office desk like that's what she did during the pandemic, I, I, I guess. That was how she passed the time. Uh, but, oh, well, she also now this one is with her band, I think. Um, the Moaning Myrtles, uh, where they talk about uh, Harry Potter and wanting to have relations with him if he's a ghost, which, well, yeah, I don't know. Went looking for some prefects in the bathroom one day, but instead I found Harry, and so I said, hey, I helped him solve the mystery. Yeah. Sex with Harry Potter's ghost. That's the... The thing is, what's amazing to me is grown adults sat down, wrote that, thought it was good enough to put music to, and then recorded it. And then, after hearing it played back, thought, yeah, that's good. That's unreal. My sister and I, we made songs, parody songs, when we were like 11. That I would say rival these. Rival that. Like, this is just atrocious. But this is the woman who's now going to be the minister of truth.
the Minister of Truth. She's uh, she peddled the uh, the Steele dossier, held it up as legit. She said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian uh, Russian disinformation. She's going to be in charge of telling the operators how best to identify disinformation. And the operators are the social media companies. Yeah, what could go wrong? Jim Garrity, National Review. He says this is allegedly designed to rebut human smuggling organizations. This is the biggest lie of all, which is that this is all about trying to crack down on the border and save people's lives. You want to save people's lives? Have them go through a legal process at the border. Secure the border, build the wall with a big door, big, beautiful doors. Trump said, that's the point. The wall is not just a total wall. You have points of entry where people come in and they sign the guest book. Instead of trying to make the trek across deserts and dying and being raped and murdered. Like, that's not the humanitarian approach, folks. That's not a humane approach to immigration. I feel the, I, I feel it kind of weird. Having to tell the party of empathy this, but this is not an empathetic solution you're offering. Although the Ministry of Truth, I did not see that coming, but it is very on brand. Very on brand as far as a tactic. (laughs) 